When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome, dear listeners. In this episode of the Fighting Cock Podcast, we put a halt to the marching saints. We discuss Europa League dilemmas. If you're looking for football chat in the second half, you've got two hopes, and one of them is solo. We ask, would you have sex with a gooner? And we discuss shortbreads and Jaffa Kicks. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. It's episode 10 of the Fighting Cock Podcast, season 4. Welcome, gentlemen! Good hey, evening. Hello. Hello. I can't, I, we can't shout anymore. That man. didn't match my enthusiasm. I'm, I'm enthusiastic, it's just, I just can't shout anymore. Well up for this. I've had two pints, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Take you all on. We've got Flonius Filth once again. Hello, good evening. We've got Windy. Hello. Can right. we say your actual name? You don't mind, yeah, do you? Chris Miller. Chris Miller, who we're taking seriously... 
Chris Miller. Windy is not. A, you can't be called Windy. C Mills, for, man. C, the C Miller. <laughs> Uh, and we've got Anthony Lombardi. It's got all formal. And I'm Flav. Um, thanks, guys, for coming down again. It's, uh, it, it's off the back of a win. It's been rare. It's been a rare occurrence this season. Yeah. Um, I think, what was it, that before this game, uh, like the game against Southampton, Pochettino had the worst per- uh, kind of win percentage. It was similar to Ramos. Yeah, in, 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 in his dying days, yeah. <laughs> Potter is similar to Ramos in his dying days. Yeah. Pretty grim, isn't it? Um, okay, so we've got to say thank you for everybody who's voted in the FBAs to get the Fighting Cop podcast as the best football podcast in Great Britain. Um, we still need more votes, uh, so you can vote for us by going on their website, which is footballbloggersawards.co.uk. So it's footballbloggingawards.co.uk. Uh, the best way to do it is by going on our Twitter feed. There's a little link that we'll we'll tweet just after this podcast comes out. Um, and all you have to do, literally, if you've got a Twitter account, is log in and click on that link, and it registers a vote. We've had loads again this week. Every time we put a request out, loads of people tweet. I'm not sure if it's because they actually believe we're the best <laughs> podcast. I'm pretty sure they probably haven't listened to any it's of the others. Peer, a lot of peer pressure. Yeah. My uh, my girlfriend's sister voted. I don't think she's ever even listened to a second of our podcast. Did she really? But good on her. Good, well done, Diana. Why she like good looking? Uh, well, she's. Yeah, she's my sister's my my girlfriend. My sister, my girlfriend's sister. She's she's all right. I got, I, a, I got a better one. Has she got my number. <laughs> Send me a picture after. I'll decide. You can't say things like that anymore. Why? We, we, we can't. Oh, it's misogyny. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> no, no more lad bands. <laughs> Fighting cock is the misogynist podcast. Yeah. I've, I've accepted it. I've grown to love that. That's going to be on our bio. That's going to be on our bio. By or, or epitaph on our graves. <laughs> misogynist. <laughs> I like, always liked uh, Charles Bukowski's um, epitaph was just essentially don't try that's what's on his gravestone is don't try literally the most miserable thing you could have but pretty much sums him up as a writer I've only read one of his books on post office and that was quite funny I, I don't I'm not a big fan but I can't, I can't say what my favourite scene is because it's quite bad what's that? I can't say what my favourite scene out of the book is because it's quite it's pretty bad pretty grim yeah it pretty much sums up your comments recently on the podcast I, I don't even want to know what's in that book <laughs> You've got a, a terrible track record at the moment, T. I know. How's everyone been this week? Yes, yeah, good. Anything exciting happen? Um, you had a car crash? I had a car crash. <laughs> Someone drove in the back of me. Had a bit of a, a minor shunt. Uh, but all is fine. It's fine. You had to call an ambulance for the guy in the middle. Yeah. He went he, white. He he went very white and he wasn't white to start with, so <laughs> I was a bit worried about his health. So I called an ambulance. Um yeah, it was fine. And it turned out he didn't need it. Yeah, they yeah. should have done you for wasting ambulance time. Yeah, probably should have done. Uh, Barty, you doing anything this week? I, I took my dad out for his birthday on Friday. And how was that? It was good, but um, the, the, the chef was a, a, is a friend of mine, and he um, he made a cake and put candles and sparklers in it and brought it out for my dad, and my dad just freaked the fuck out. He was just like, <laughs> what is all this attention? <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't ask for this. The waiter put it down with a big smile in front of his face, started singing happy birthday, and my dad has got a bit of a Tony Soprano in him, just looked at him and was just like, back away from me. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it a big birthday? 
Um, no, not really. But we just thought we'd, we'd take him out. We took him out for ribs, and he got a cake with sparklers. He, well, he wasn't happy. <laughs> he still talking about the waiter. No, no, the my dad. Uh, you can't say he's, he's like Tony Soprano and said, you know, expressions like "took him out." Well, it was quite, it was quite sweet because my dad is like, no one's ever given me a cake with candles in it before, so it was quite nice. But oh, that's yeah. nice. Um, yeah, so <laughs> okay, eighteen eighty two for Brighton and Asteras. Is it? Is that the correct way to Asteras? Asteras Tripolis. And along with the Greek team. Estera Chiplis. You know why I know their name? Because they're top of the bloody table. Are they really? Yes, we'll talk about them in a bit, but yeah, they're, they're top of the table. That's actually magic. They're big they're, partisan. They only have a home ground that holds 7,000 people. So it shows you all the myths about having needing a big ground, probably. Exactly. We, we, we should down We should have got 25,000 seats, shouldn't we? Imagine <laughs> that. Uh, first, though, Brighton. Uh, last week we said it was in 32, but that isn't the case. It's in 34, so sorry about that misinformation. We made a mistake. Um, but you can get your tickets moved, presumably. Probably, yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine that being a, a being an issue. Yeah, so thirty four for that, uh, and then Asteras. Yeah. Yes. In uh, block thirty five, they've released the block uh, as they did against uh, Forest. I think they'll be less interested in, in this game generally uh, for the for the Asteras game than there was against Forest. Uh, they released the the, the 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 block this morning on the Monday. And there's loads and loads of tickets left. So, actually, in fact, there's literally 10 tickets that have been sold. We started pushing it this morning. So, this could be a good one. Um, yeah. So, if you're really interested in, in 1882 <coughs> and want to experience what it's like to, to fucking hell, sing at football, it's a bit of a shame that I even have to say that, but to, to, to sing for 90 minutes and, and get involved in what 1882 might be about, then just buy tickets for that game. Um, given the fact that... Uh, what the, the the Besiktas turnout was awful, wasn't it? It's, it's something like it wasn't great. I was the only person here who went, which kind of says it all. Yeah. The, um, so what was it? Something it was many, twenty-five thousand, probably. Um, I had a look at um, Block J, and it was pretty much empty. Um, same with Paxton Upper. There's a lot, lot of empty seats around. I don't think Besiktas's fans were that amazing, no. apart from when they scored. But well, this is the thing: is we would have done it. We would have done Besiktas, but we didn't get Block Thirty-Five, and we thought we can't sit in the upper tiers because. You know, there's, it's a kind of against the rules of a stadium, and there has been threats by the Harringay Safety Advisory Board that they'll close sections of the stadium if if 1882 are up there, which is part of the reason why we don't sit in Block J anymore. Um, but yeah, we would have done it. We would have done it, but we just didn't have have the block. So we're going to take it for Asteras Block 35 as per uh, get involved. Just buy your tickets. It could be an amazing experience. Um, we're going to be put, putting together a little flyer for it as well as we did for I can't remember the first game but Sheriff the Spurs it may well have been Sheriff it was and we did one for Arsenal and, and the games that we have done a flyer for they tend to be okay so yeah. and it's also becoming a crucial game after only taking two points from our first two games yeah, we, we're actually third, means we're something now yeah it must win was yeah. it? we're third which isn't good enough to qualify no there's four teams in the table yeah no, so it isn't. <laughs> Not, <laughs> at <all. laughs> Not at all. Uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, get involved. Um, it's 1882.org.uk if you want to find out more about that, if you haven't heard about it before. Um, if you have, then buy it because we need you there, singing your art out. And we realise, obviously, Forest wasn't as good as it could have been, but for many reasons, mainly given the fact that this pop- the game was you know popular, but also because we only had a week to push it from when it became available. Anyway, um, there's been lots of good work gone into the fanzine. We've uh, begun designing uh, fanzine-free 
uh, which you know it's been a long time coming. It's been about four months since we put one out. So uh, Barry, uh, designer at Barry Slater, he uh, he's putting stuff together. Um, more or less got all the copies sorted. Um, but if you want to buy one of the first two, you still can. The Fightingcock.co.uk forward slash shop. Um, there's about 50 copies of issue two left. That's it. So if you want a copy of that, there won't be any more. We're not going to print them again. So if you want a copy of that, then get on there now and buy them. They'll be gone before long. Um, but what is good is uh, we've had we've been contacted. You might have seen us being retweeting it on, on on Twitter, and I think Wendy, you've been in contact with a guy. It's uh, a guy, an artist called Hallie Inc, and he's been producing. What would you call them? Trip? No, not triplets. Like. Quartoplets? Is that a word? <laughs> There's four people in a bit. Yeah, yeah. In, print, yeah. But in, in the art world. Andy Warhol kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. similar kind of style. In the art world, if there's three, it's called a triplet. Yeah. I wonder if there was a quad. Quadruplet, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Quadruplets. Yeah. Uh, uh, so essentially, four pictures of Tottenham legends that he's designed in his own style, and they're really, really, really lovely. Very striking style. Um, it features Jimmy Greaves, Ozzy Ardiles, Glenn Hoddle, David Ginola. I think he's called Hall. I think it's Hallie Inc. I think his surname is Hall, so it's all oh, right. Spelt Hallie Inc., but pronounced Hallie Inc. I think Hallie Inc. But I, I ordered a couple: one for myself, one for my dad. And uh, he's kindly given us one to give away on the podcast as well. So we'll think of a question and, and try and give that away in the coming weeks. Yeah. So well, next week we'll we'll put together a question uh, to win that piece of art. Magnificent, really. I mean, that's that's a really kind thing for him to do. Um, uh, yeah, we'll give it away. And we'll get him to send it out to whoever wins that question. We'll come up with something clever next week, or probably not. And just what is his website? Uh, it's uh, it's Halley Inc. Or Halley Inc. H A L L Y Inc. dot dot com. You can buy them from there. There's only fifty. So a uh, kind of uh, what do you call it? Like a limited edition print run. Exactly. Uh, there's A3 and A4. The they're eight pounds for the small one. Thirteen pounds for the larger one. Is Thirty that pounds for the original. Yeah, really good value. It kind of makes a prize not kind of worthwhile, doesn't it? If <laughs> eight quid. But Cheers for that, Holly Inc. Free, free is better than eight pounds, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And they are wicked, and he, he's done an amazing job. And he isn't just at Spurs; it's all clubs, and, and they all look great apart from the Arsenal ones. Mm. Disgusting, terrible pieces of work those ones, but all the others were fantastic. Um, he's designing something for the fanzine, right? Yeah, he's doing a, a picture of Gaza because we've got a brilliant article by written by our very own. Lombardi uh, yeah he wrote an article about Gascoigne it's during his latest kind of yeah it, it could have been an obituary it's kind of like an homage to Gaza but I've kind of worded it so it could be a bit an obituary because you never know by the time it comes out it could, take, it could take Flav a year to sort it out so you never know where he, he will be it will be within the next month so wow. you know, God willing timelines and shit man. Gas, Gascoigne is, uh, is still with us and, and hopefully as we all have been kind of praying for that, that, that he'll one day sort himself out. He's such an amazing footballer. But it's a way to pay homage to the great football he played for Tottenham and all of the glorious stuff he brought to football fans. Oh, yeah, not, not just Spurs fans, to, to, to England, the country. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, in Lazio as well and, yeah. and, and, and Rangers. I know he's, it was controversial his time at Rangers, but... You couldn't deny how good a player he was up there. Anyway, he's doing uh, he's doing some artwork for Gaza for that article, which is fantastic. I want to thank him for that because he's not getting paid for it. It's something that every, everyone involved in that does it in their own time for the love of producing something that we can hold and read about football, which is amazing. So thank you so much for that. If you want to follow him, it's uh, at 
Hawley Inc. H A L L Y Inc. All right, so Southampton. Southampton. What did you think? Let's let's get into it, lads. Let's fucking take a bite of this big bastard. Let's burger. do some analysis. Let's do some analysis. <laughs> it was good. It was, we won. That's the main thing. Um, I think it was a big game for Pochettino to come through, given his history with them. The reception from their fans was pretty hostile. I mean, he got quite a few boos and chants throughout the game. Uh, they obviously they were chanting for their new manager. So it was a big game for him to win, and. We didn't dominate the game. We played a sort of counter-attacking style, which I'll probably talk a bit more about later, but we actually put together some good moves. We, on the whole, defended well. So it was a a decent performance and a decent result, and I think the result was the most important. Do you think of the two managers that uh, Pochettino came out on top? Not just because of the result, obviously, but... Yeah, I would say he just about... Yeah, he did come out on top, I think. I say I disagree. I think Koeman's uh, tactics was almost spot on, and it was only... A bit of kind of terrible finishing by yeah. um, Mane, who's apparently apparently he's twenty two. <laughs> <That is, laughs> bollocks! <laughs> I, he, easily in his early forties, that geezer. But uh, you know that chance he missed right at the end, yeah. and that would have made it one all. I think the Cumin, given the fact that you're coming to the home ground of, of Tottenham Hotspur, and it's a difficult place to come, using all those kind of cliches, I think he actually got it really. He almost kind of. It was almost a masterclass in how to play Spurs. And it wasn't like West Brom where they broke, as I said in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, in little packs. They broke with authority and, and with speed. And it almost felt like an identical tactic to, to what Spurs was playing. But they, 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 their passing was crisper. There was more accuracy in the way they were putting their balls, to, balls together. But I just think we had the more, more quality on the day, and I think that's what I said last week. Talking about Koeman, I thought his team played well, but I thought he handled himself off the pitch even better. Because a lot of managers would have kicked up a fuss when Kabul was only given the yellow card. And that in his post-match, conference, his post-match interview, he was just like, the referee saw it as a yellow card, so I thought it was a yellow. Oh. And he, was also, he, also, he also stood up for Pochettino, and he said the Southampton fans were a bit out of order, giving him the stick he got. Well, um... We were saying Southampton played well, but Graziano Pele, I, I think it was largely anonymous. Um, it's a tennis statistic, for example, and then attacking 30, and he's completed two out of nine passes. So, uh, <laughs> why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? He's bringing the tactics. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Windy's here. If you take that away from him, he's got nothing. I'm sorry, he was anonymous then. Sorry. Forget that pass, Dad. Delete that. Me or Edit that? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, but I think we kept the better players quiet for, for the most part, and... Um, in our best period within the game, it could have been two 0 when Chadley yeah. misses that that good chance. I mean, when I first saw it in the pub with Flev, I thought it was an easy. I thought he should have scored, but having seen it again, the keeper did well to narrow the angle. Absolutely, maybe yeah. he should have shot earlier on. I find that he couldn't Chad- put it anywhere else, really. Well, no, but if he shoots, Apart from in the net. Well, <laughs> if he shoots the ball a split second earlier, the keeper doesn't set himself. Yep, and that's why. That's another reason I don't think Chadley should be up front. A lot of people have been saying we should put Chadley up front because he's scored all these goals, but I don't think he's got. The instincts or the subtleties to be a full-time striker for Tottenham. No, absolutely not. But, so but he did so well to get into that position, to beat yeah. the man, to pay, outpace the defender. He's gone from deep, isn't he? But Chadley instead of Adebayor is that well, well, the Well, yeah, that's, that's what people are saying. People are calling for him to play a striker. Yes. The, the weird thing about that is, and I, I always wonder about this kind of thing, is why would you move the player that's probably been one of the most effective players in the season? Chadley's surprised everyone. He's played yeah. much better than last year. Okay, his performances aren't always perfect, but 
he scored four goals and you can't really complain about that. But what I was going to say was the, the most striking thing for me about this game was that Southampton dominated possession. They had 55%. And that's the first time that we've had less possession than three opponents in a row since December 2010 when Twente, Chelsea and Villa had more possession than us. And I wondered whether that was... I mean, that could be meaningless. It could just be that there's three good possession teams. Or it could be that we're trying to uh, play on the counter-attack. Maybe Pochettino's slightly adapting his style. Because basically all of our good moves came from really quick counter-attacks. Yeah. Both, both of had these chances, which I thought were really well-put-together moves, came from counter-attacking. And against Arsenal, all of our good attacks were counter-attacks. It was, it was funny, because I was in the pub and... We would get the ball. It was often that, that we'd manage to nick the ball off of their attacking midfielders and it would drop to Ericsson or Lamella in, in midfield, very deep. And the excitement in the pub was, it was just suddenly kind of was, was turned up. It was like, go on, as soon as they got the ball. And it was like that was the system that, that was being employed and it was then that we looked the most dangerous. And it wasn't even in a dangerous position where Ericsson pick, picked up the ball or Lamella did. <clears throat> it was like, yeah, we, everyone who's watching the game and understands football can see that there's space to be exploited here. And that was down to Pochettino's system, definitely. What I found, what I found as well is that we don't get in the box as much. A lot of our shots less than ever from range. Um, if you look at Adebayo, a lot of his best work was outside the box. I mean, we'll talk about him in a minute. And... Um, it's almost like we don't get enough bodies into the box at times. For example, when he hits the post, no one is there for the rebound, for example. Yeah. I think that's one of the one of the big issues so far in, in why we're not um, scoring so many. And I think Lamella, when he gets a bit of confidence, he probably will get in the box more. I and mean, it's notable that we've only had four goal scorers so far in the Premier League. And I think that's a bit of a concern that we're not spreading the goals more widely. And Lamella, it feels like with him, there is a goal coming and it's just a matter of time and he needs to shoot more. I just wanted to say, I think Spooky a couple of weeks ago was saying how we we need to give Lamella a lot of time because he's come from a completely different culture and he's going to take time to settle in. And I think that Spooky was absolutely spot on there. I know this is a bit of a bloggers union kind of thing, but... Um, his, his point definitely sounds. This is basically Lamella's first season because last year was disrupted by injury so much, and I, I think he is on the cusp of being a very good player for us. It's just not quite coming together. And whilst I think we need to give him basically until Christmas, I think we need to also acknowledge where he's going wrong. And I did some um, research today about what's happening for him. Um, in terms of being dispossessed, and he was dispossessed seven times against Southampton out of a team total of 14. And he's averaging being dis- dispossessed four times per match, which is the highest in the Premier League, highest average in the Premier League. And just watching him, and, and you kind of see him pick up the ball, and he instantly wants to take a player on. It's in his nature to try and beat players. He wants to square players up and then go around them. The problem is in the Premier League, you're in such a clustered area in the middle of the park where you beat one man, there's another man straight on you. That's he needs to adapt his style. Too. He's got to come to terms with that. And he needs to learn either you release the ball or you you, you pick your moments, basically. You com- you commit players, but in the final third. Yeah, decision-making does leave a lot to be desired at times. But um, it's probably encouraging that he's at least taking people on. I mean, I don't know what the stat was for the most take on yesterday, but he must have been up there because he was always... I mean, in all the games he's played, he's been, he's been very positive. But there's a chance that... Um, then if I did by your overrun the ball... And Lamella had a ball at his feet, just had to blast it. Yeah, the second goal. half, yeah. And he tried to take a player one. I just think, yeah. you're, in, you're in the 18-yard box, just put your foot through it. The weird thing about that is it, was on, it fell on his left foot and he tried to get it back onto yeah. his right, which was oh, weird. Yeah. 
But our goal did come from Lamella collecting the ball deep and then releasing it quickly. So he does yeah. have he does have the ability. And he, I I, th- I think we, I think you're a little bit harsh because he does lose the ball a lot because he's he's trying things in the attacking third. It's not like he's doing an Atuba and trying to do it in the edge <laughs> of his box. But our, our goal, he's got a lot of assists this season, and yeah. it was his almost kind of like Luka Modric assists of the assist that set up our goal. Yeah, on um, on Sunday, I think he's had the second most dribbles in the Premier League, which kind of tallies with what both of you are saying. And I th- like I said, I think we need to give him until Christmas at least, just keep him in the team for these for the Premier League games at least, and just see what he can do because I think he's supremely talented and he's so different in our squad to the rest of our players we don't have many players that commit defenders and have that vision in the final third so we've got to persist with him I think the Norton challenge looks worse every time I see it I, don't, I, mean, I, I kind of did a pet in your mind and it happened at the time yesterday but it just looks like an awful challenge I've heard rumours of um, he may be out for three months which is, a, which is a bit of a loss because he he was doing okay apart from him you know, maybe letting Mane come in for the chance there. I thought I thought he'd done all right. By and large. He did all right. And it gives us balance having him and Rose at fullback. I don't think Dyer's a natural fullback. When you watched it, it didn't look like the challenge was that bad. But you, when, when you saw the the replay, it looked like his leg bent the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And it looked bad. Uh, and the fact that he was walking off, which was you know was was encouraging, but it's clearly a bad injury. And and you know when the the opposing player comes back quickly, uh, I don't think it was Nathan. Klein. No, yeah, no, Bertrand, sorry. Yeah, they, they played together for under 21s, I think. Uh, and then obviously they're friends, and you, there's no kind of malice there, but he came back straight away and he realised he put his foot up. And it wasn't malicious too bad. I mean, it was probably a little bit reckless, if, uh, you know, if you're being really critical. But it looked, didn't look right, it, you know, and, and, and it was a shame because Norton hasn't really. I mean, he's, he, I, I think he's underrated. I think people are very harsh. Nah, <laughs> I'm not going to say he's underrated. Yeah, he's, 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 all right. he's improved. He's, he's improved. improved. You, he's said, you said last year that you hated Rose. You hated. Him. I did, but also towards the end, if you listen, but I said with good coaching, Rose can be the player that he can be. And this season, he's been just that. I mean, even in the second minute of the game, he forced a corner straight away. That just yeah. shows how how positive he's been. His positioning is a bit kamikaze, but he, he's getting there. I loved Rose's performance, not least because he got two or three like pretty heavy whacks to the top of the foot or the ankle mm. and he just he doesn't ever duck out of a challenge he's so committed he seems like a real team man like he he'll put his body on the line for the rest of the team and you need players like that in a team you need a blend of players and I love the fact that when um, Mane missed that chance and Kabul had lost him yeah, Rose yeah. went mental yeah, he yeah. lost it completely he was really screwed. They, there's a high five afterwards they made up quickly but Rose was taking a bit of responsibility and that's great to berating see. the captain I, I don't know if it was one of you guys or somebody else who said the, um, the back four and Loris the back five actually looked like they were communicating for the first time in a long time that's Ricky I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of um, Ledley King but I always had the impression that he was just very quiet he never really barked his orders but um, it looked like Kabul, and especially Kabul and Loris were communicating and telling each other what's going on. What is there any shout that would you agree with the shout that um, Rose is man of the match? Yeah, like, um, Rose and Kapu between the two. Kapu yeah. was excellent. I thought Rose, given the fact that the amount of stick that he's got, I would have given the nod purely because I thought he was just fantastic. And I think he's been average to very good throughout the season. He's never been poor in any game this year. But I think. Um, 
what I've been impressed about is um, Jan Vertonghen. Yesterday, no one really noticed him, but yeah, they just had such a tidy game. He had a very good game. He just slotted in, like you know, seamlessly. Yeah. And you know, he's good against Arsenal, he's good yesterday. But with Etienne Kapu, he didn't give the ball away, he's got 88% pass completion for his arm, but it just shows that he was great. In such an important role in the team as well, he kept the ball well. Where are all these stats coming from? <laughs> Where are all these stats coming you from? You know, why do you watch? I was actually counting them. <laughs> <laughs> I was counting them throughout the game. I thought you had the calculator. Exactly, right? yeah, man. Man. He hijacked Windy's Cloud, you know, going for all of Windy's you know, stats. Yeah, the <laughs> <laughs> do you know what else, uh, what, what else I, I was impressed with Kapu was his ability to. Uh, to spread the play as well because that's what you need from a defensive midfielder that's what Carrick did so well when he played for Spurs is his ability to move the ball very quickly at a distance would mean that the other team would have to spread a little bit he did that brilliantly yesterday four or five times he got the ball and spread it out to the wingers uh, and it just opened the game up and I think a lot of our good play came through Kapu and it wasn't just his interceptions which were again excellent another good thing about Kapu you know he's been doing a good job because no one's mentioned Sandro no one at once no one, nobody said oh fuck we could have done with Sandro that's, that's a statement of how well he's been doing yeah yeah I'd say so too um, but talking about match of the day too last night I mean they focused on Adebayor and Eriksson and you know, obviously I wrote this famous article about, you know, we should, we should, we should, we should love Adi Bayor. And, you know, when he started, actually, you know, expressed my happiness on Twitter. Um, I thought he did OK yesterday, but I think I think he spends a lot of his time where he's not most effective. He didn't attempt a single shot on goal yesterday, for example, but he did link up well with Ericsson, and that was the highest pass combo, which he should be really linking with Lamella and Chelly, not with Ericsson. That just shows how far away from goal to play. Maybe... This is something that Pochettino has put in for him to play in that way. Well, this is it. I mean, I said yesterday before the game that I thought it would be Ericsson and Adebayor's last starts before we try something different if they didn't play well. But then I thought both actually stepped up yesterday and played quite well. Like Adebayor, as Match of the Day said, they, he pulls out wise, he held the ball up nicely, he used the ball pretty intelligently. And I see him as fulfilling the Ricky Lambert role in Pochettino's Southampton team of dropping wide whilst Chadley, who would have been Rodriguez, attacks the, the edge of the box. The problem is that we don't get enough other players into the box, so we're lacking in that area, where Southampton would have had mm. Stephen Davis or James Ward-Prowse attacking from the right, yeah. and then maybe Lallana in the middle. Lamella and Eriksson are both a little bit timid about getting into the box and rather pick up the ball on the edge. And the quick point I wanted to... I've actually forgotten it. <laughs> well, I, I, would, I, I walked away. I love from, it when that happens. <laughs> I walked away from White Hart Lane thinking um, Adebayor didn't have a very good game, and he was effective. The, the thing about him, he was effective in two or three moments, and he actually made something happen. But for the majority of the game, I don't think he did a lot. And I was quite surprised when I watched Match of the Day too, and they really highlighted him and showed him what he brought to us. Well, the thing is, I think his work rate was fairly decent yesterday, and. The, the, the person who's likely to replace him is Harry Kane. I don't think Harry Kane has that work rate in him. Harry Kane may have a goal, but I don't think he's got the work rate. I, I think Pochettino system needs someone with a high work rate, and I did always prefer to almost sacrifice himself to go deeper and link play. But isn't Harry Kane like a track with Esther? <laughs> <laughs> is that an Oasis song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. Trick Batista. Trick Batista, all that fucking bollock. <laughs> well, well, no, but I think Adi Bayo's role, he's the, only one who, he's the only one who can really play it. But um, you know, as part of what I said in the article, I think Kane is running them close. I think Kane did very well against Ambizictas as well. Kane um, isn't going to replace Adi Bayo in any um, stre- long stretch well, of games, is he? Well, the, the, the reason I wrote the article is that we are where we are until January. We can't change any of the players. We can't get anyone new in unless there's someone out of contract who's amazing, which I can't think of anyone... 
mm. at the moment. So you have to make do with what we have. And I can't see all of our players staying fit until um, until January. And we played an unchanged team. And I don't see the team changing unless there is an injury. Yeah, I really liked your article because when I read it, I read it in your voice. <laughs> you know, it's not very often that T writes something, so I had it, and as I was reading it, I was reading back, I was reading it in T's voice. It was like T was with me at work. I might be the shortest audio book of all time because I'll just do my article. Hey, <laughs> hey, just say hey throughout. Uh, we've got to quickly just cover the uh, Besiktas. I mean, forget the game; uh, they were really good. I know they had their full strength team out. My dad. Rarely comes up with a good point, but why we didn't buy a Denver Bar, who probably could have solved a lot of problems we're having. He's strong and, and, and forceful and the kind of guy you want leading as a, as a, a sole striker, someone like that, as powerful as Adibayo should be. It's weird that we didn't at least kind of... It's six million he went to Besiktas for? I think it was eight. Eight, all right, eight million. It's not a lot of money, is it? He's on a, lot of, he's on a yeah. higher wage, though, isn't it? But the, obviously the bigger problem was that we changed ten players again, and, and if we want to win that competition, which I, I think everyone does want to, I'm sure Pochettino does want to, then we can't keep swapping... It's not. It's, it's, it's great having a, great, a massive squad, but in footballing terms, you can't just put a new team out every single week. Um... I think there needs to be some balance between putting out 10 players and and replacing them entirely for the, for the next game. So maybe three or four players being swapped around, maybe. I would argue that we came very close to succeeding whilst swapping 10. And I think I can see why Pochettino does swap all 10, because we've got a lot of people who need games. And we also have... Win- we haven't got a very settled first 11, if you know what I mean. They're not all assured of their place. And it's very close between them and the next best option. So it's good to have almost like a, an audition for the Premier League squad in the Europa League. Obviously, Putino couldn't... He wasn't expecting Kirikesh to do what he did in the last minute. He's you know, very he angry got about through that. that game and then he made, like like Putino said, two mistakes in a row. Firstly, completely air-kicking the Shit. ball and then ridiculous foul in the box. It was just crazy. But we very nearly got through and got the, got the win. But it's a self-fulfilling prophecy playing a weekend team. I mean, if you if you're on the on the brink of the first team, and you see you know I don't know, you'll see some second team players um, name on the teams. You think, well, why am I with this diff? What's the motivation? And that showed when we that showed in the game that I don't think there's a lot. I don't think there are that many highly motivated players in that team. Maybe Stan Brody, but he's like you know a blue ass fly. He's always running around. But I think. We should just we should have a core of players who we just keep for most games. I mean, even Michel Vaughan could have had a run out for, for that game. No, play Loris at every opportunity. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But the the key of the the group stage Europa League is just to get out of it. So I don't think Pochettino is looking to destroy teams and mm. and set down a, a set a marker because it doesn't really matter. The competition doesn't actually get started until the Champions League teams um, drop into it. So it's, a, it's just a question of getting through damage limitation. We're not getting, getting through at this stage. But, but we, we will. We'll get through. We'll be Asterios and we'll be Partizan at home. That's, what's that? That's six, eight points. We'll be, we'll, we'll get through the group. But that's the issue now. If we go into the last game needing a win, it's because of um, points that we've dropped. You want to finish top but, as well. You don't want to finish second. to qualify you, early. But you guys were talking, um, you were saying good things about Norton. The reason why Norton got back in the first team was because of performances in Europa League and the uh, Carling Cup he was in these dead rubber Vertonghen games and he proved Vertonghen as well Vertonghen exactly and I, I thought Dyer was probably the best outfield player against Besiktas and then 
obviously he was called upon this weekend, so it's kind of crucial that he was kept match fit and ready, and he played well when he came. So there are benefits to doing the system. Yeah, if if a player is if a Tottenham player is unable to lift themselves, or they have the the mentality that this game doesn't mean anything, then to be honest with you, they shouldn't off. Yeah, they shouldn't be in the first. They shouldn't be. They sell them. January comes along, get rid. But you know the issue I took from the game is that they've lost points again from a winning position. It almost happened yesterday when Mane Mane with a late chance and. um, it is a bit of a cause for concern. We need to really be putting games to bed. That's a confidence thing, though. I think yeah. when, we, when we've developed a, a bit of a philosophy and a cohesive unit, I think we'll, we'll start throwing... We'll we've got the players to shine, and we just need to get into a mindset where they're confident, they're free to express themselves, they get a few goals, but and they can relax. Are, the subs are a bit weird, though. So. Uh, how, much, how much time do you think Pochettino's going to get? I, what... It, how long? I mean, in my opinion, I just don't. I don't care what happens. Just <coughs> let him manage. Exactly. For the next three years, just let him go. And if it, whatever happens, happens. If we finish eighth every season, then so be it. I just want him. I, I want him to be given the time to bring players in that will adapt to his philosophy and, and, and just be allowed to play. But given what you kind of read on Twitter and your your general feelings, how, how do you feel? What, what do you what, what? How much time will he be given? Well, I'm saying if he'd have lost yesterday, it would have been ugly. Really? Already, though? Yeah. Sh- That's what? not my opinion. I'm just saying that given, you know, we had the West Brom game, we had the Besiktas game, which was nothing to really write home about. If he had a third consecutive below-par performance in the space of a week... I think it may have. To, I don't think he would have got sacked. Or I don't think people would have been calling for his head. But it would have. It would have given him low confidence and the players Tension. low confidence if we didn't win yesterday. To be honest, I'm not interested in the opinion of anyone who would be questioning him after this period of time because it's, it's been three months. It's ridiculous to start questioning a manager after that. But you know, it does happen, though. especially. But the people that do that kind of thing are not worth listening to basically they, they don't want him to be in the first it's, place. it's undermining him and it's causing more problems than it's solving and I think it's interesting that this week there was an article Jason Burt wrote for the Telegraph about um, senior players not necessarily being happy within the squad and Pochettino being the one that will triumph over them um, and it felt like AVB was in the opposite position where this players were given priority this time round Pochettino will be allowed to shape his own squad he'll be allowed to sell off Paulinho Maybe Soldado, maybe Kirikesh in January. Who's who? What was it? Who wrote the article about Klopp and Schmidt? Honestly, and that, that was an article about how uh, their philosophy and uh, understand uh, getting an understanding amongst their group of players to perform in the way that they wanted what want them to perform, which is essentially running at hundred percent for ninety yeah. minutes. Depends on the uh, psychological output of their their players. So. Yeah. If one or two of them don't believe in the, in that system, then it falls apart. Yeah, and that's ne- what Pochettino's got to he do. Needs the, you, in any kind of football team, you need the key players to kind of buy into your philosophy. And then through they, their, um, their performance and their, their work ethic almost will influence the rest of the team. And AVB started going wrong for him when he, when he kind of fell out. I don't know how much influence uh, Adebayor and Akoto had yeah. but you could see there were two key members of the team yeah. that, that he lost given that Adebayor is now a vice-captain it kind of implies he's got quite a lot of influence with him yeah, so yeah absolutely true. but then he should have showed the foresight to realise that these are players that you don't upset not, but then, exactly. not that you shouldn't upset them but use some tact and understanding on a human level but then AVB is, is along the same kind of lines as Klopp Klopp has he, he doesn't have a plan B? That, that also the article was yeah. part of plan B's and Klopp and uh, the guy Leverkusen who's at Schmidt. 
they don't have plan B's they have their plan and you either buy into it and unfortunately for AVB he wasn't able to convince his key players to buy into it his plan A was pretty shit and boring though that's the problem I was even but, bored by it and I loved him but maybe, maybe that's because he didn't really get the plan A didn't ever happen perhaps the plan A yeah. didn't happen because the player was central to it all was Juan Matinho and we never signed him and ended up with um, Dembele and, and then we lost Bale as well then if you think about the, the this plan A from, from Pochettino which is a high pressure game but he's, he's adapted because we're not playing that kind of high pressure game at the moment. I'm not saying yet. But the game hasn't changed massively. He, he, the way he plays, I know he's adapted to Arsenal because we sat back a little bit. But we did score the goal. Uh, the goal we scored was based on that philosophy of pushing and pressuring high up the pitch. But you, what you want is uh, a, a manager to believe in his system. But you, I don't also, want, you also want a manager who can change according. You don't want do, to, you, do you really? Yeah, you, you don't want it to be so embedded in their tactics that they they fall down when it. Could, football. These are human beings, man. And if they're not able to do something, you need a manager when to did, realize that they can't do when it. When did Barcelona ever change their tactics? But they won. They yeah, won but, everything in the But, but no. then you have you've got a team at Barcelona based around Messi and yes and Xavi, some three of the greatest players ever. I understand that, but if and, and the same with Real Madrid, they don't change. They, it's about a brute force and and skill and power. Real Madrid change. You're man. picking successful teams. Yeah, I, I, I'm picking. <laughs> you picking teams with like well, some of the best footballers in the world. Of course, I understand that. But potentially, Spurs could be a successful team in England. Look at, look look at Van Hal. Van Hal has changed his system. Did I just steal your point? No, you didn't. Oh, okay. Van Hal uh, has changed his system according to the players he's got. He's not playing a back three anymore. He's not playing. Um, He's completely. He's gone to a back four. He's 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 got Di Maria. He's changed his style to suit his players. Even Redknapp and Steve Bruce did the same as well with back, yep. back threes. Um, even Bobby Robson woke up night in ninety, went to a sweeper exactly. after the group stages. So, I think you need to have a bit of flexibility. Obviously, um, I see what Flav is saying in that. Why should the players believe in your ideas if you're prepared to fold? Change them. You're yes, prepared to fold that's, that's at the first sign of distress. But you can't keep losing game after game and yeah. say this is my philosophy yeah. and then. Falling your sword because then you're not, you may, you may never get another job. Look at Felix Maga for, uh, at Fulham, for example. He was someone who stuck to his principles, and he, he, Fulham, Fulham yeah, were his, his principles were crazy. He's a mental. What with the cheese on the, yeah, the hamstrings? Stuff a bit of cheddar on that. But he's, like, he's had success. Maga has had success. I know. That's All what right. Carl Norton needs, and Edam on his uh, <laughs> sort him out. Okay, that's it for the first, first half of the Fighting Cop podcast. Been a bumper first half. Hashtag tactics. Hashtag tactics. Hashtag stats. Hashtag stats. <laughs> uh, we now got Windy. <laughs> Explosion. <laughs> Explosion. Yeah. Windy, back to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I got your back. back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off the loanees, Ryan Fredericks played 90 minutes for Middlesbrough in their one-all draw with Blackpool on Tuesday, and he also played the full game in their 2-0 home win against Fulham on Saturday. Alex Pritchard was a 69th minute sub for Brentford on Tuesday, they lost 2-1 at Watford. He then started, played 84 minutes, scored his second goal for Brentford and got an assist as they won 3-1 at home against Reading on Saturday. Grant Hall was an unused sub for Birmingham in both their 3-1 victory at Millwall and their 1-0 draw with Charlton. Kenny McAvoy was a late sub for Peterborough in their 2-0 draw with Oldham. Jordan Archer conceded in stoppage time as Northampton drew 1-0 with his former loan club Wickham. Shaq Hall first played 90 minutes for Southend United, they lost 1-0 at home to Morecambe. 
Tom Carroll was an unused sub for Swansea. Lewis Holtby played the full game for Hamburg. They won 1-0 away at Borussia Dortmund. Thomas Lavgamelt was an unused sub for Bari. And finally, Grant Ward played 58 minutes for Chicago Fire. They drew 1-1 with Philadelphia Union on Thursday night. The under-21s lost 2-1 against Manchester United last Monday at the Lamech Stadium in Stevenage. The game really only came to life in the last few minutes, with Yanazai curling in a free kick. Nathan Odewa went up the other end and got an equaliser, but Tom Thorpe headed in a Yanazai corner in stoppage time. Hugo Ekiog said after the game, Josh Onomar was exceptional. He drove at the heart of United and controlled the game. I was happy with Harry Winks. We spoke to him about controlling the game better, not always being able to hit the killer passes, and talked about his energy levels, and they were good. Dominic Ball was very good, Nathan Odewa as well. The under-18s drew one all with Aston Villa on Saturday. We went ahead through Shayon Harrison before Villa equalised and then missed the penalty. Under-16 striker Keziah Sterling made his debut under-18 level, coming off the bench with 20 minutes to go. Kieran McKenna said after the match, I thought we did more than enough to win the game. He singled out several players for praise. Charlie Owens, who had an injury in pre-season, he said he came on in the second half and imprinted his quality on the game. He also said that on the right-hand side, Kyle Walker-Peters and Anthony Georgie linked up well. And he also said Cameron Carter-Vickers was again excellent for the majority of the game, so individually there were some really pleasing aspects. Carter-Vickers, still only 16, has just been called up for the United States under-23 team. There's rumours that Jürgen Klinsmann wants him to become a United States full international before too long. Um, He also qualifies to play for England, so there's a bit of a battle going on regarding him. That's it for this week, but if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyGoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Second half of the Fighting Cup podcast. Thank you very much, Windy. Thank you, Windy. Well, well, Windy. Did a good job this week, Windy. Very good job. <laughs> I haven't actually listened to it yet, but you always do. It's all con- always consistent. Have you got the echoes this week? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I love that, though. It's I like think... a new Umberg rally. Yeah, that's... <laughs> like a stitcher. Who said that? Who said that? Benny Smith, I think he's the biggest mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said uh, Wendy's Wendy's report last week was like he was at the Nuremberg rally. <laughs> it was like a windy threesome. There was three of them going at it. I know, it was too much almost. Engineer Al was quite apologetic, but I think he should do it every week. I yeah, liked it. You want the echoes? There should be crowds cheering in the background. Echoes <laughs> <laughs> <Because> of glory. There's <laughs> glory, glory, hallelujah in the background. Yeah. Um... The Fighting Cock is sponsored by Calm. It's the biggest... uh, Suicide is the biggest killer of men under 50. Depression is not an exclusive club. It can happen to anybody at any time. But men are particularly susceptible to that kind of struggle. It's thought that because we... It's because we don't talk about our problems. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone you know. Or talk... (laughs) Talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. (laughs) It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm of a helpline open between 5 pm and midnight. The number is 0808 802 5858. The problem with that is I do it every week and it becomes a, such a normal thing to do that all the, all the sentences slip into each other. So, what time is the web chat open? Between 6 and 9. Okay. Yeah, you can go online and you don't even have to talk to someone by phone because ringing up a phone line is actually <coughs> it's quite difficult unless it's a sex phone line, then it's quite easy. You remember human trafficking? Did it die? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. up the phone bill. Yeah. <laughs> It's like 330 quid <laughs> on the sex line from, to, from a bird in Taiwan. It sounds like she's from Rotherham. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're bringing a babe station. Yeah. Well, I've never done that. Have you done that? No. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. All right, let's move on. Uh, can someone answer or ask this question from 
Gotham bagger. I'll ask it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has the fortune progress of Angels Townsend made us fear to dream when it comes to other youth players like Harry Kane? Every time I see him, I think he's got the look of class, but it seems like a lot of people disagree. I think he's referring to Townsend in that last sentence. Yeah. Or maybe not. So what do you think? Okay, sorry, Gotham bagger on Facebook. Yeah. <coughs> or Gotham. That's how you pronounce Gotham. it. Gotham. Um, so, yeah, what do you think's happened to Andrew Townsend? I, th- I don't think anything's happened to him. I think what's happened, you know, in terms of him falling out of the side is what happens to any young player. Did you watch the interview with him before the... T wouldn't have seen it because he was at the game, but before the Besiktas match, there was a really good interview with Townsend talking about his struggle to get fit again after his injuries and the kind of ups and downs he's faced over the last year. And he, he comes across as such a nice... Nice young man and very uh, thoughtful about the game. And I think lots of fans kind of write him off as someone who's brainless and unwilling to learn from his mistakes and just wants to get the ball and shoot. I still think there's potential in him to be coached by the right person. I think he's he's got plenty of ability. Um, like we were saying about Lamella earlier, he's got the ability to commit defenders and, and beat someone on the outside. And we don't have that many players in the squad that can do that. So I definitely think there's still a place for him in the squad. It's just a case of whether he can he can use Pochettino's philosophy and adapt to it I think he I mean I, I said a while back um, actually I think it's a point that Troy was on that he actually plays like a fan and I think that's almost working against him now where he wants to try almost that bit harder to try and impress the fans I think David Bentley had similar whereby he didn't play his normal game anymore he tried to just over elaborate I think he just needs to try and just do the simple things and that will that will improve him there does seem to be a lot of pressure on home, on players that we've kind of developed. We we expect them to walk into the team and be like a Christian Eriksen or an Eric Lamella, someone you've gone out and bought. But they're not always necessarily going to be like that. Well, I think the England thing kind of um, accelerated it for Andrew's time. I mean, the fact that AVB was giving him a lot of game time at the same time. Too. And and the fact that he came into prominence when after Bale was sold, he yeah. we kind of we did latch on to that kind of directness. We, and we, even, we even sang a song for him. He was yeah. wanting to play for Spurs, so you know, so no, I'm to nothing. Where, there, where do you think the kind of there is a lot of kind of hatred? amongst Spurs fans for, for him where, where do you think that comes from? I think his playing style is almost at odds with what we see in his personality in the interview for example he's, I mean he's, he seems a nice guy when, he, when he's interviewed but the way he plays is almost like well I'm going to win this game by myself and it, it just seems like people probably take that as him being you know arrogant but can't we be impressed by his ex- you know, the, but, the way he plays and but it, I was actually I don't know if I was speaking to you or someone else yesterday, but they said in um, in America, if you drive a Rolls Royce, people are like, oh my God, that's a nice car. But over here, people want to scratch your car and say, what the fuck are you doing with that? And in England, it's almost like they build people up to knock them down. And it's the same with Andrew Townsend. When he was at the top of his game, he wasn't getting any criticism. And the moment he loses form, there's this backlash. Do you remember when uh, Jose Dominguez signed for Spurs and we <laughs> played Birmingham? Uh, no, no, I'm not sure who we played. He signed from Birmingham, or he was on loan. He he Bir- spent some time at Birmingham, right? Yeah, and he he scored on his debut and scored some amazing goals for Spurs. But he's almost identical to to, to what Townsend brought. <laughs> but but Dominguez was this kind of because he was foreign. It was almost we loved him because he's little and weird. We we it, we don't we don't expect we give him a little bit more slack than um, than Townsend because he's because he's English and he's from Spurs. But and he isn't an archetypal English forward. He, he's he's different and he can bring something to to, to our team. And I, I, I kind of I'm perplexed by the amount of criticism that he he gets. It's. It's a shame because he is exciting. He gets the ball and he runs, he puts his head down and he runs at defenders and admittedly he shoots probably a little bit 
too often. And uh, Soldado uh, assist for example. Just yeah, it was speculative, wasn't it? Uh, but that, that free kick, he, 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 when he hit the bar, it was an amazing free kick. The way you got a curl on the ball and but direct- the um, the soldado, the goal that Soldado scored against Nottingham Forest, it was a shot from Townsend. Yeah. Di Maria did exactly the same mm. thing. Falcao scores and everybody's just like, oh, oh you yeah. know. it was almost identical that goal. But because it's Townsend, because he's Spurs, and because he's homegrown, we we just it's, it's another stick. Oh, he missed it. But Di, Di Maria's shots go in though. It's a bit of a difference. But what, 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 <laughs> I'm what benefit could there? I'm not comparing <laughs> the two before people jump on that. But what, what benefit could there be from chastising a player in the way that he has been chastised? The one thing I'd say is that I don't remember him. Shoot, taking on as many shots for the youth team or at any of his loan clubs. And I genuinely think that there was an instruction from AVB to shoot as much as possible from outside the box because he has got such good ability with both feet to shoot. I mean, he, he actually prefers to shoot with his right because he practised so much at shooting with his weaker foot when he was younger. And I think that's testament to him that he's willing he to work on the left. His... Yeah, exactly. Like, he... And he now plays on the right all the time. And it's the nature of an inverted winger. You're going to come in on your stronger foot and take a shot. I think he's a valuable asset. I really do. I think he, uh, when when he wasn't on the bench, was he on the bench? He, he was on the bench. He was on the bench. expense of Lennon, which people wasn't happy about. But Le- Lennon, I, I watched. Um, there, there was a thing on the Reddit, the re- the uh, subreddit, the Spurs co- company Spurs her subreddit, and they were talking about. And they, they had a thread about their favourite Spurs videos on YouTube, and one of them was about the two thousand eight. No, sorry, 2010-2011 Champions League run. And Lennon featured heavily in those videos because of how good he was that season. And you haven't seen anything from from, from Lennon to do anything like that. I mean, you're talking about the goal against... um, Sunderland? No, no, the goal against Milan, where he broke away and beat players. And then before that, in 2008, when when he played against Arsenal uh, and uh, in a 5-1 demolition... And he was so good, Lennon. He was absolutely amazing in that that era. Uh, And he's turned into this, essentially, his only merit to his game is is tracking back and and nicking balls away from midfielders. But he's another one in a similar mould to Danny Rose, that if he's got the right manager, he can do do very well for Spurs. And I think if he's given, given the confidence, I reckon he can... Maybe I, mean, I don't think he'd be as good as he was in 2010. That was a house on period for him anyway. But yeah. I think he can become a very effective player for Spurs. But um, I mean, the question says, has it made us fear to dream to overrate other youth players? I mean, Harry Kane is almost the complete opposite. I mean, when he first came to the team, he was a laughing stock. He played against Hearts in that nil-nil. He misses that penalty. Flav famously caned Windy for rating him as even a footballer and now <laughs> and now there's almost a push for how he came to, to start games has it made us fear to overrate I was wrong us? massively wrong to be fair I think, I think a lot of people were a lot fair. of people were it's not like you were abnormal in saying you were wrong you should apologise it's funny you bring that up actually <laughs> Wendy's got a really good point to make no fuck fuck Wendy you in in our WhatsApp group, apologised for Paulinho the other day. I so, apologised to everybody apart from apart from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did, you did. So are you going to apologise now to the thousands of listeners that download the podcast for what you said about Paulinho? Are you going to do that? No, because Paulinho- what? What? no, no, no. You apologise to us, so you have to. My my argument was Paulinho could still offer us something. What in left wing? And we're, get, we're getting away from what we're really talking about here. Yeah, I which don't is want- Townsend. <laughs> so I still. 
one day Paulinho might do something good and he might justify it. But no, Paulinho, I've, I've never said he's a good player. I've never said he's going to be incredible. He's shit. But there, there's a role for him there. Now, Windy, Windy was going to make a really good point now. <laughs> Go on, Windy. Go on, Windy. It's probably not even that good a point. Um, earlier on, I was looking at how productive our players are in terms of goals and assists per minutes um, this season so far. And Kane comes out on top, despite Chadley having such a good scoring record. And Kane averages a goal or assist every 86.2 minutes. Chadley is 97 minutes, so he's in second. Then Lamella, then Soldado, then Paulinho, funnily enough. And then you've got Mason and Townsend. It's just it's nice that there's three players who are homegrown in the top seven most productive players this season. Yeah, and Mason's Town- only played two games, though. Yeah, yeah. So it's low, no- you know, there's not much it's of based a... based on form. What's the minimum? What's the minimum amount? Well, I, I haven't well, played a minute. minute, but the, yeah, like Mason was, I think, 200 <laughs> minutes or something. Yeah. So um, Kane provides an assist or goal every eight. Eight, Six minutes. Two minutes. That's yeah, incredible. Which is pretty good. Um, and oh, I've completely lost what I was going to say. Don't worry. He's saying that there's three homegrown players in that top seven. But the thing is, is that um, Kane has not even played full games and he still makes an impact. For example, against West Ham, he comes in the sub in a game that we were kind of struggling in, and he makes the he makes a very good assist for Ferrer Dyer in that game. Yeah, that game too. But the thing about homegrown players is you've got to look across the maybe the top six or seven in the Premier League and realise that the 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 percentage of homegrown players that uh, from from that own, from that orig- from the original club that actually make it into the first eleven is very limited. Yeah. I mean, at Man United, you have got maybe at the moment McNair, a centre and back, and Blackett, yeah. but and even they're, and they're the weak points in their team. Man City, I don't think Man City don't have anybody. They used to have loads. Arsenal have got that pricking midfield. Chelsea, Terry, and you know it's very difficult for a homegrown player to make it in the top ten. So the fact that at the moment we've got Kane and Townsend. And Mason, it's actually a really good and positive thing. So yeah. people should just back up, back away from this whole fucking criticism towards Townsend. Well, I think a lot of criticism gets amplified on Twitter. Um, I mean, if you praise a player, if you give a player a lot of stick, it seems a lot worse than, than it really is. I don't see Townsend getting booed at games. I think on Twitter it was just probably frustration. Bardi, you wrote an article called My Soldado Sorrow <coughs> on the front of the Fighting Cop, pod, uh, Fighting Cop website. Yeah. Um, I mean, is he a flop? Is, is, is that what's happened at Spurs? It, it, he's £26 million. Everyone expected a lot from him. He had an amazing uh, record of finishing based on the amount of chances he had. I think it was like third behind Lewandowski and Messi, or even, uh, he might even be in front of Messi. I don't know. Um, but what, what, what do you think? What, it's it's just a it's a pretty sad situation that all this time we've been calling out for Spurs to sign a class striker, and then we go out and we sign Soldado and it hasn't worked. He is a class striker. He is a class striker. His goal record in in La Liga it, it, it stands up against uh, the only people that outscored him were Messi and Ronaldo, but. Um, Unfortunately, it's just not going to work for him. But the thing is, he's not the first striker to come from a foreign league to come to the Premier League and fail. Um, Diego Forlan was incredible. Yeah, but why, why is he failing? It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a combination of things. It's a different style of play. Maybe it's a different style of lifestyle. Maybe it's how he's settling in. Because everything doesn't always come down to tactics. doesn't always come down to how things are happening on the drawing board. There's a lot of mental things involved as well. He played as a, a sole striker for Valencia. But... 
But you can't you can't compare Valencia to Spurs. Like you can't compare Man United to Atletico Madrid or Uruguay where Forlan was ripping it up. You know, even like someone like John Dal Thomason at Newcastle, he was fucking terrible in this country. Mm. But even at Feyenoord and Milan for Denmark, he, he was, was incredible. Yeah, yeah, he was. Who's that player we had who's in Holland? Um, Hamdoui? He's smashing it in, in those divisions. He's still now. playing now, is he? Yeah, I think Cer- right. certain players can adapt quickly and my I wrote this blog because I'm really sad whenever I see Soldado toiling away and um, the Forest game he just scored and he got taken straight off it's heartbreaking to see someone that like a bit like AVB that I invested so much time and so much love towards to see it just crumble and crumble crumble there on the pitch well I mean he's not made a league start since since March and in that game I believe he scored against Cardiff so yeah. That's a frustration. I mean, there's a lot of people who love Soldado. I've got a lot of time for him. You know, he's uh, active on social media. His wife... Is it his wife? Is he married? His wife, yeah. Yeah, his wife suffered a, a miscarriage, which is yep. quite sad because, you know, he's obviously got two, two young kids already. And we see Adebayo, who can be maybe aloof and arrogant, and I think a lot of fans would rather see Soldado make a success of it than, than Adebayo. Can Soldado work in the system? He needs games, but... Which manager is going to risk their career on giving a man- giving a player six or seven games? It's not going to happen. Adebayor is doing an adequate job at the moment. Pochettino is not going to risk the criticism from, from the fans, from the media, and say, you know what, Soldado's the future. I'm going to give him eight games to prove himself. Eight games, you get sacked in that time. But early on, we were talking about the Europa League and the Carlin Cup, Capital One Cup, where we're playing second-string players and we're saying... These, these guys are to show and prove in these games. He didn't manage a single shot on goal against Besiktas, for example. So, how is he How is he going to force his way? And people say we should drop Adibor for Soldado, but what's that? He needs, what, to, what's he that? needs to impress when he gets his chances. You, you've got Kane, who, is he 20 now? Who comes in and scores an amazing goal against Besiktas. Looked better on TV than he did in, in the actual stadium. And This uh, is exactly it. The, when you've got someone like Kane, who is being played in the second string um, 11... And he's coming in, he's impressing every game, and also his work rate is phenomenal for a, for a, a striker. Soldado, for me, he's clearly out of form and low in confidence because he's a much better player than we've seen from him. We know that. We know he's talented. We've seen the YouTube clips. We see what he can do. The least he has to do now is absolutely work his balls off to try and create an opportunity. And I just never feel like he's real. I know Adebayor gets the, the grief for, for being lazy, but I feel he like... Sol- lazy. Sol- that's, that's nonsense. Yeah, I agree way. with that as well. But Soldado, I feel like he's always just going through the motions with his pressing. He never presses high intent- with high intensity. He never, like, you never feel like he's really pressing because he thinks he's going to win the ball. Yeah. It's like he's just doing the job to say to the manager, well, I did, did what you asked me. He has, he has his moments. There was a nice little back heel against Besiktas, which, which looked good. And um, he has occasional, occasional glimpses of good link-up play with Lamella. But the, the, the reason why it was a sad blog is because it's not going to happen for him. Mm. I see um, a Champions League team who's in desperate need of a striker. He's not going to be cup-tied. They're going to make a bid, either a loan or a transfer bid. And he'll be gone in January. But, I mean, also referring to earlier again with the Europa League, the fact that we've got ten changes, if, if he... If if we put out enough argument's sake, Lamella and Eriksson in the second string team just yeah. for one game, I see how, I see how they could bring out the best of Soldado. Maybe we'll see better than he, he's got um, yeah. Lennon and Paulinho and I forget who else behind him who are not really going to bring out the best in him. Because we saw that in Limassol, 
when yeah. Soldado came on it was the assist from Lamella and yeah. Soldado scored a really nice one touch finish Yeah, that you can see I, I completely agree with T that he needs to play with um, the players that he would be playing with in the first team but it's not going to happen he needs to do something to impress with the second string and is this essentially the problem with Soldado that he's a player that needs others to create for him whereas our other strikers potentially are able to create something out of nothing be that through just working hard, yeah. being a pain in the backside for defenders. Well, you saw how well we did skill. with uh, Adi Bayo when they played two up front last season. I mean, under Sherwood, there was a couple of games at the beginning of his reign where he, they played both of them up front and they, they connected well. Some good crosses Southampton away, for example. Yeah, especially that game. I mean, this is an almost completely left field point, but against the weaker teams, I mean, I've said on forums and whatnot that. I feel Pochettino will struggle against teams like West Brom because if a team doesn't, if a team comes to shut up shop, I don't think Pochettino knows what to do. Against Southampton, they come to win, and we've got Newcastle next. They'll come to win as well, and I think in those games, Pochettino's more comfortable. But yeah. I think maybe against these teams, I mean, Sherwood had Sherwood might have been onto something with just playing one defensive midfielder, maybe none at all, just going all out and just destroying these teams, putting Soldado in there. Okay, uh, well, we all hope that he comes good because everyone can see that he's a, a quality player and. Let's just hope that somehow he gets a, an opportunity in, in in that team and starts banging in the goals. But it's it, it's hard, it's tough to see that, how that's going to happen. Um, in yesterday's match program, there was a, a page uh, dedicated to the LGBT LGBT supporters group, um, uh, which is the the kind of uh, you know it's a, it's a supporters group that gay people can align themselves to if they want to. Um, I think it's not so much the fact that this group exists, but the fact that there's a huge flag hanging in between the West End and, and, and Paxton end. Um, and it's obviously caused a lot of debate on Twitter, especially. I was wondering what you guys thought of... I mean, no-one's going to say, oh, it's terrible, we don't want gays in our club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, and none of us would believe that. Hopefully, no, we don't. <laughs> but I don't. No, I don't. No, no I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't. <laughs> um, I think mainly the, the criticism isn't that people don't want gay people in the stadium. It's that that they um, can display a, a potentially in inverted commas a polit political statement. Um, I'm not sure it, it is a political statement. Well, well that's that's hard. I don't think it's a political statement. And I think if you're going to attack anyone about not having a Cypriot flag, which was which I believe got moved from the same spot where the gate where the um, LGBT flag is, you should just um, you should speak to the club and not attack the LGBT people. They're doing doing a very good thing. Um, people are saying, well, why don't they have a black Spurs and a, I don't know a Chinese Spurs or whatever? But the fact that we've got an LGBT group. And they're accepted. Maybe if there's a gay player, you know, then maybe they'll feel that little bit, well, one percent better. They can come out and we'll be, and we'll welcome them. You know, the fact that no no footballers ever come out is an issue. No, yeah, no if I you're if you're gay, you should be able to be openly gay. Well, and no, no, just no Premier awful. League players has ever come out. Dr well, dressing rooms are an awful place, at, though. I'm sorry, dressing rooms are an absolutely uh, awful yeah, place to see. I mean, I mean, going back to Leon Knight again. I mean, some of the stuff he tweets that's, that's the stuff to say in dressing rooms and. If someone comes out, they might just get, get caned. I don't really want to moralise too much. I know this podcast has said a few things that have upset people in the past, so I don't want to be like seen as Fuck telling people. people how to think. But, Fuck people. But, yeah, <laughs> Say what you think. Tell them, Wendy. Tell them, Wendy. Get them! Anyone who has a problem with this has a problem with themselves, frankly, and I think this is, this is an, a really strong issue for 
to be brought to the fore in a very difficult time in modern football. And I think the fact that Spurs have allowed this flag to have a place in the stadium is a strong statement and one that we should be behind and proud of. Yeah. And anyone who has issue with the state with the flag being up there or the supporters' club being in existence, their opinions aren't welcome, in my opinion. Okay. The the issue I have is that I believe that Spurs are using the LGBT group as a pawn. It's like Spurs as a club, they want to market us around the world and having I don't know a flag about Cyprus, which is you know a bit of a bit of a bit of a it's political yeah, hot potato. Bit, exactly, and um, and other flags. I think these are. I don't think I don't think the club want us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't think the I think the club are trying to you know take advantage of the pink pound from, from that point of view. <laughs> I don't know. Use a fucking term. <laughs> Being pound. <laughs> no, but I think I, I, I don't think that's happening. No, no, no. But I, me, me being a bit cynical, I think the club are trying to like kind of maybe use them as, as a pawn in the bigger game. How can the fighting cock take advantage of the pink pound? Tottenham, not us. We start advertising. Oh, I want if, if there's any gay people out there listening to the podcast and, and, and can advise us how we can take advantage of the pink pound, let us know. We love uh, you, Chadley. Yeah. Oh, the dolphin. That's, <laughs> that's just taken off. Uh, that's taken off. It's beautiful. <laughs> Whenever you talk about Chadley, you should just refer to him as the dolphin. I, I was doing that in the park lane. I was just, come on, dolphin. Come on. <laughs> A couple um, of people could turn around and look to me, but going going back to the flag thing. So this is um, this is a, a membership group at Tottenham. So to, obviously to become like a membership group, you've got to go through certain forms. You've got to fill in some papers. You've got to pay some annual fees. So the whole thing about get them getting priority tickets, they're not getting any more priority than over bronze members. Just the fact that they can buy them all together at the same time. No, just like New York Spurs, just like Scandinavia Spurs. Yes, yeah, so, so no priority. Presumably there. anyone can join that group if they apply yeah. to it as well. Yeah, I, I don't know what what rules. You, I'm not sure if you even have to be gay to join that group. No, absolutely, if you, if you want to, you can. Um, it's it's the same as uh, Danish Spurs or or Norwegian Spurs. Or any other any, any any other supporters group, they get the same uh, privileges as as any of those. So it's not about them being gay and be, be given it, uh, priority to tickets. It's a big, massive, non-fucking issue. They've it got a flag. Yeah, exactly. They've got an area. Genuinely don't care. What the fuck? I run I run up our contacts in the club today to ask what their position was, and essentially it was about the flag. So I asked them about the flag, and and essentially there's no uh, as long as it, it, the same rules apply to that group. As any other uh, any other group, and as long as it's not political, as long as it doesn't display a uh, you know a, an abrasive comment or uh, a star of David or or, or a Palestinian flag, for example, then the club don't have an issue with it. And none of the none none of the uh, stipulations that apply to flags um, have been breached by this 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 flag that's that, that's flown. And I I, I genuinely think that. This is an issue that people have. I mean, it was unnecessary to, to, to talk about it so much on Twitter, but there was no reason to object to this flag any more than any other flag, the Cypriot flag before it, or Norwegian Spurs, as, we, as, as we've talked about. It was, it, I genuinely think some people have an issue with the fact that it's about gay people. Well, and that's something that I could never condone. It doesn't matter if you're gay or whatever. And, and I guess some people say that you walk into the stadium and it, it shouldn't matter if you're gay, if you're black, white, fucking a rapper. It doesn't matter. You walk into the stadium and you're Spurs. And I get that argument as well. 
Do you know what I mean? Is that you don't want to segregate yourself because segrega- self-segregation co- is a part of the problem. So I can understand that argument as well. So if you, do you know what I mean? I mean, there was a debate on our on our, on our very own forum about about the very flag, and um, it's often said that oh, you know, I've got a bit of the ground for that. I've, I've seen no homophobic abuse. What are you guys on about? That's but, a lie. I've heard loads. Yeah. But the thing is, there's stuff that we that I mean, I'm not going to say I've not said anything homophobic in my entire life, as I probably have, but. There's, if you if you saw two men holding hands in the ground, then there's going to be one dickhead who, who says something. That one person makes just, just ruins their day. Do you think that, that, that that's part of the reason why they're there? Because you would never see two men holding hands inside a football inside of Tottenham. Certainly, in, any football fan. Not a match day, no. No, you wouldn't. And, and, and if you did, people would start taking the piss. So the fact well, that, that just the fact that just be one person, and that one person would either create a domino effect. Or just ruin that person's day and just think, well, why, why do I bother? But the fact that that's the case means that there is probably a reason why that flag should be hung. And and if anybody going to the game has an issue with with two men holding hands inside a football stadium, then that that's that's the reason why this discussion is taking place. It's it's uh, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Spooky said it. Said if society was perfect, then this wouldn't need to happen. And society is not perfect, so um, absolutely go, not. There's a group. All right. Dealt with. Dealt. Done. Hopefully the discussion will stop now. We've, we've sorted all that out. <laughs> yeah, we've sorted all the problems out. <laughs> OK, well, we've actually got a dilemma from um, an anonymous listener. So, hi, guys. Love the podcast. <laughs> so I've got a dilemma. There's a girl I work with who I get on well with and is really hot. A couple of months ago, we were out having drinks and one thing led to another and we ended up going home together. Smashed the bits off it. <laughs> That's misogyny, yeah. Oh, shit, sorry. Right, sorry. can't say that. Sorry, sorry. Which is obviously great. <laughs> the next morning, we were having pillow talk. She mentioned her family are from Enfield. So I asked her if she ever saw any of the Spurs players. She lived near the training ground. She said she wasn't bothered as she's a massive Arsenal fan. Obviously, I felt dirtier. Things fell apart at that point. Now, a few months later, we've been flirting again. And maybe a repeat is on the cards. So what I want to ask the ask you guys is, is morally, is it okay to sleep with a gooner? I mean, obviously I'd never marry or have kids of one, but can, <laughs> but can I fuck one and sleep at night? <laughs> is this okay? <laughs> anyway, I love the show. Keep it up. Communist pose. <laughs> can I fuck one? <laughs> <laughs> we won't let you. How dare you? <laughs> can I fuck one like they're a low breed of people? <laughs> uh, I should be put in the pen. Can I take one of them and fuck one? <laughs> oh, my God. And um, I love that we've kind of always had a letter asking permission. Yeah, like, yeah. We have to sign this off <laughs> so before it can happen again. Burst through the window. What are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> I think it's like the um, Eminem and Dre song, Guilty Conscience. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Think about it. Look at Flem over there judging me. <laughs> um, I, it, the weird thing is, is that based on what we say now, is where wherever this guy's going to get his end away. So it, I, I take it is that he's asking for our permission, <laughs> and if we don't give him it, he's going to abstain. Who are we to stand in the way of a man getting um, stuff? But <laughs> but but that is like putting your plonker in something terrible. In an incinerator. His I, hand is a Spurs fan. That's yeah. the other option. That's true. That's true. If you want to remain loyal to the cause, then just have a wank. Uh, my my ex girlfriend was an Arsenal fan. Oh what? But she was um, she was like she wasn't a proper football fan. She was kind of like really like she didn't give a fuck about football. And then um, we started going out, 
after about three, four months, she realised I was a massive Spurs fan. She started turning a little bit more towards Arsenal. And then she introduced me to her dad. And her dad, the first word her dad said to me was like, oh, this is the Yid. And I was just like, fuck that. That's when I knew that relationship had no, no fucking no future. <laughs> you got to ask her whether she's willing to wear a Spurs shirt as well because there's nothing best, better than having sex with a bird with a Spurs shirt on my ex she wore my girlfriend's not going my current girlfriend's not going to listen to this but my that ex I got her to wear a Fiorentina shirt she wouldn't wear a Spurs shirt what, why is that better why is that a good thing well I know because she that's how much of a gooner she was she wouldn't wear a Spurs shirt you're better off out of that relationship oh, she would have yeah. ended up beating you up my, my advice to this guy I don't give a fuck. Fuck backlash. I'm gonna say what I think. Yeah, go to this bloke. <laughs> go to God. Meet this girl with a spurs shirt. Get a fucking picture and fuck it. Do <laughs> stuff. Do stuff. Do stuff. You can be pretending lines of what I'm saying. Just do stuff. <laughs> Hacker iCloud. I thought you were going to say something else. I'm glad you said cloud at the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Some Peter Sutcliffe shit here. But come on. Um... <laughs> Yeah, mate, it's, 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 it's a moral dilemma. You've got to live with yourself. No matter what we say, you've got to live with yourself. Are you willing to put your plunker in that? If you are... I'd say go for it. What? I'd do it. Why not? What the fuck? He's not going to say he's going to marry her. He's going to have sex with her. Exactly. What the fuck? Forget about it. Go for it. Exactly. Is that what we're saying? Well, That's what I'm saying. Are we... We're he's just, not having. I'm a, not happy with this. He's obviously not oh. having a relationship with her. She's good looking. She's up for it. She he's, seems like a little bit of fun. He's, what, they but went there's something wrong with her. She's got issues. Yeah, she's got major issues. But he's issues. not gonna. If he's gonna marry her, she's if, gonna track him down. If it, mate, Mister Anon, if you're gonna marry her, don't marry her. But if you're gonna just fuck her and have some fun, why not? What the fuck? Yeah, but he, she might be the love of his life. You don't know. And then, and then what happens? And then, and then he has to make some sort of proper moral dilemmas because this no, isn't then, a moral dilemma. But then, what he can what do if is he falls then in love he, with a gooner? Then he can fall in love with her, and then he can. Commit what if his she wants life. to call their first child Wojcik? <laughs> wow, we don't know if she's Polish or not. Maybe, oh. But what? Well, just call the first one that guy, Jack or something. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bloke whose um, surname is Airy, A I R E Y. I and he gave his kids a first initial of T. So they could be oh, Thierry. Oh, what a wanker. So, you know what? I'm sorry for your kids. You know Stop Flav- judging that, that guy on this guy, though. He's no, but Fla- Flav and Windy have kind of um, twisted my arm a little bit. No, thereby... you, you're, you're talking about sex over football. So, what's more important to you? Is, is getting your end away more important to you? Not even football. Your club. <laughs> your club. Not even football. Your club. This is a guy having some fun. He's us, not... Us, <laughs> Your us. friends. Your friends right now. <laughs> like, put yourself in his position. Okay, so I'm single, and in walks, like, Natalie Portman or something. Some, she's, some she says, And she says she's... Wearing an Arsenal shirt. Oh, no, no, no. She, no, no what, what, what? That's not in the question. It doesn't matter whether it's in the question or not. She might as she, well be wearing an Arsenal shirt. She hasn't got, like, an Arsenal tattoo on the back of... On the small of her she back. She may have a cannon on the back. As you, no, you can't fuck a bird and then just see a cannon as you're pounding away. That's just not right. It's going to be the moment. I'm going to be sure. angry. For sure. For It's rage. You fucking what? I think... Yeah, but you would stop. Please. <laughs> I think he needs to take her out on a date and spend the whole evening re-educating her and telling her 
the prop, the error of her ways. Um, I love you. I love you so much, Wendy, because that is a sensible answer. That's the correct way. T's answer is, I'd be angry if I wouldn't stop. Yours, yours is, you have to re-educate her of her ways. I, t- I tell you what, though, before the first call, do you believe in eugenics? <laughs> have you read Brave New World? Yeah. I feel I can, I feel I can turn you. I, feel yeah. I, can, I can cleanse a gene pool. Take you from the dark side. But deep down, are, are the four of us going to turn a man away from getting laid? <clears throat> no. Yes. We, we should not have this that instance, power. This should never happen. He's come to us for advice, and my advice to you, my, my friend, listening now, Mr. Anon, get fucking stuck in. Don't. Fuck it. You know, my advice it. is you don't do it. Don't get, don't get stuck you're in. You're going to be 60 years old, and you're going to think about this hot bird that you could have fucked, and you're going to be like, I should have done it. I should have listened to No, Flav. he'll be thinking don't back and said No, he'll be think, looking back at 60, 65, 70, 75 on his deathbed thinking, why did I do that? No, he 20 won't. minutes. No, no, you, no, he won't. 20 no, minutes he... is a good time, and I betrayed, uh, uh, betrayed every <laughs> single element of my fibre, of my being, he's for the sake of a lay. He's not having sex with Arsene Wenger. He's having sex with a hot He might as well be having sex with Arsene Wenger like it's like literally by proxy <laughs> yeah by proxy that's what you're doing you're fucking Arsene Wenger no this can't then don't ring her back and then leave it like that like, you can't play your seed in dirty soil that's true nothing grows where are Johnny he's not planting anything <laughs> we're, too, we're too I'm tired after that I feel like it's like so you dreams <laughs> uh, yeah so what do we say as, as a group? What do we tell? I think it's three on one. So what? I, I'm losing. No, he's losing. <laughs> you're, you're, you're losing. So don't I'm not, not Palinio like all over again. Don't listen to Palinio. Yeah, exactly. Seriously, apologise for Bar- for Palinio, please. Just, just do it. Just just give us some good times. Why haven't you apologised? Just be a man, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Seriously. Question two. All right. Uh, would you rather have thumbs made from shortbread or uncontrollable vomit with traffic? <laughs> Or uncontrollably vomit Jaffy cakes at random points three times a day. The shortbread thumbs regenerate overnight but will deteriorate throughout the day. The Jaffy cakes will be edible after being expelled from your body. <laughs> this guy's got a bit of a question. Jonathan Badowski on Facebook. He's asked us, I think he asked us to Scarlett Johansson. Did he really? Yeah, I don't know if he asked us about this chap, this, this chap cats. Um, Might have been him. Sounds like one of his. Has anyone got the answer for this? The fact that the Jaffa cakes are edible. I don't like the idea that they regenerate because looking back at you and there's like little withered thing- thumbs. I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. I'm massively into shortbread, so <laughs> basically every day, first thing in the morning, thumb, thumbs in the tea, like lovely, slightly molten shortbread, <laughs> eat those straight off, learn to cope with just my fingers and use Siri to text people, and then... Like if I'm not allowed to bite them off, I just use gloves with some kind of splint in the thumb to you, give me strength. I was going to say, because you, you can't drive without thumbs. You can't tweet either, Wendy. What are you going to do when someone... Are you serious? Fine. Siri's <laughs> <laughs> there for me. I love shortbread. So what about you, I, I, I would go for the Jaffa cakes. What the fuck are you going to do with shortbread thumbs? Yeah, but imagine you if can't you, play PlayStation, you imagine, can't, imagine can't you, tweet, you can't type, you can't do anything. Imagine you've met a girl that you really like, might be an Arsenal fan. <laughs> you've met a girl you like and then you're talking to her across the table and you suddenly just start vomiting Jaffa cakes. Should like, who doesn't like Jaffa cakes? Well, someone in that instance wouldn't like Jaffa cakes, no matter how much they like, like them. like a big giant Pez machine. Da, 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 out comes three Jaffa <laughs> cakes. Thing, I mean, 
Are you vomiting bile? No, and no. Jaffa cakes. Or just <laughs> I read it. Cakes. Pure <laughs> vending machine, like a Pez machine. It does three discs. It, come does, out. it does change. Things. It does change. It changes the whole game. You can't add bile to the mixture. Yeah, you, you're, you're adding it's stuff. Just, that's you, not in the if, question. It's whole Jaffa it, cakes. It's not really vomit, then, is it? If you were like the if you went for the Jaffa Cake option, you'd be quite popular because all your friends would want to kind of hang around with you in the hope that they catch the one of the three times a day where you vomit Jaffa Cakes. Exactly. <laughs> you'd be like all these pigeons following you around. No, and then you'd be going out on a night out and you're going, seriously, my mate, he vomits Jaffa Cakes. Wait, just wait. Stay around us, girls. Wait for it. I know you're agreeing with that. You stay as well. <laughs> stay. Wait, wait. And then he's like... Do, 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 do. Bit of old person to get stoned with. <laughs> yeah, <That's true>. yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll go for Jaffa Cakes then. Yeah. You can't do anything with short. I'm sorry, Wendy. You can't. Well, do, what can you do with shortbread thumbs? Eat them. It's true. <laughs> Every day. Well, well, Frank, first thing. Jonathan Badowski again for your fucked up questions. I dread to think what happens in your life <laughs> and what what terrible things you get up to. And I'm sorry for every person that you come into contact with. You're a fucking sick individual. Um. Okay, that's it for the Fighting Cup podcast. Um, okay, cool. We've got a note at the end. Um, we've had many good blogs submitted over the last week. We'd just like to thank those who've contributed. The link is fightingcock.co.uk forward slash write. And I would personally like to thank um, Liam Keyes for his Kirichos blog, Dan Rattigan, Elliot Rogers, Stephen Puddicombe, and Matthew Niner. They've, in the last couple of weeks, they've submitted some really good blogs and um, keep it up. Actually, without the blogs and, that, and, and these excellent articles that come up, we it's a part of what we do. So, yep. you know, if you want to get involved with the fighting cock, then just submit articles. It's, a, it's an excellent way to get your um, just to practice to get your name out there. Um, it goes on news now. It goes on the t- on the Twitter feed, and you get some comments. You get a bad, but fuck the haters. You know, we're gonna do. <laughs> As long as you don't, like, when you're writing, smash your head against the keyboard, you can pretty much get something published on the fighting cock. It needs to be well-written. 500 words plus, you know? Yeah, and if your argument is... It doesn't even matter if it's valid. It could be a little bit out there. It doesn't matter. As long as it reads well, then we'll publish it. So if you're interested, it's the fightingcock.co.uk forward slash write. Um, Our Twitter is at lovetheshirt. We've also got Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the fighting cock. You can still buy the fanzine. Uh, maybe if you if you feel brave enough, submit some articles for the fanzine. I mean, it goes in print, and there's only space for about eight eight, eight articles uh, an issue. But it's it, it's something that we're interested in reading. So if you've got a particular subject you want to cover, football's a passionate topic. Everybody's got an opinion. Just put your opinion down, and just make sure you don't do many too many spelling mistakes because yeah. I'll miss him but T will catch him T's militant I know he loves it he loves a spelling error yeah but then you caught mine so <laughs> it's a mutual relationship I, I don't even remember doing that do I? did I? Flav, 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 you caught mine yeah, yeah. oh pardon not me yeah. Yeah. I don't even read the articles on that page Flav gets his assistant to read all the articles these days oh yeah. fucking article <laughs> uh, and uh, you can download the apps it's be the one for Android so for Android and iOS, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know this shit. I wonder what what's T writing? What yeah, what are you writing down, T? I'm writing um An what, article. What, what you <laughs> might what you might hear at the beginning of this podcast. Oh, okay, or, or, right, may, right. or maybe not. No, maybe not. We'll see. We're trying something different. Uh yeah, buy the fanzine, fightingcock.co.uk forward slash shop. And that's it. I want to thank everyone for coming down. Windy, thank you so much Pleasure. for not just not just coming on, but honestly doing the youth updates is fantastic. Pleasure. And you, obviously you're a part of the team now. I got a lot of love for Windy. I haven't done a pod with Windy for a long time, but it's nice to see it's him. It's been again. too long. It's, it's nice to long. be in his, his just in his atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> he's calm. He's, he's got. He, he, he just 
projects this. It's like a pod bubble bath. Yeah. I've always, as soon as I see him, like, semi comes on. Windy's deep bath. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bardi, thanks a lot, and all the work you do on the fighting cock is much appreciated, as ever. Apologise. For what? <laughs> Which one? For my work that I do in the no, fighting apologize cock. apologise for <laughs> He is unrepentant. Just say sorry! <laughs> say it, just say it now. It's easy, just one word, just say it. S-O-R-Y. Go on, you space. Cunt. Go on. What am I saying? So, thank you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> hey! Hey! <laughs> That's it from the Fighting Cock Podcast. Fuck right in the pussy! Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.